Hello everyone, this is Ray Mart, your host, and I would like to welcome you to the Pentecostal Pen Podcast, engaging Christians to reach out, make disciples, and lead for the cause of Jesus Christ. Today, I am so privileged to present to you a lesson which I personally believe needs to be heard, especially in this time of racial tension in the United States and Canada. This lesson is recorded by Brother Myron Weidman Jr. He is the assistant pastor of the Cub United Pentecostal Church in Georgia. He preaches and travels extensively in youth camps and conferences, youth conventions. And I believe that this lesson will speak to you and you will be blessed. And I hope that you will enjoy this episode. God bless. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everybody is staying safe. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want to dive right into the word of the Lord. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. We're going to read verses 37 through 40. The Bible says, Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. For a short while, I just want to uh, talk to you and use this as my subject. How to love your neighbor. How to love your neighbor. The first greatest commandment refers to our vertical relationship with God. It's to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. That seems pretty rational. That seems pretty reasonable. And I don't think anybody would argue that first great commandment to fully and wholly love God. But the second greatest commandment is what trips most people up. Because now this is not our vertical relationship with God, but now it's our horizontal relationship with one another. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. This commandment usually trips us up because how can I love my neighbor as myself when I was told growing up that if I love myself, I must be arrogant. I must be prideful. But I want to say forthrightly that that's incorrect because if you don't love yourself, then you don't love your neighbor and ultimately you don't love God. Now, let me clarify. There is a corrupt self-love that is indeed narcissistic and egotistical but I'm talking about loving yourself where you care about your own self uh, being and your own welfare. It's the same way we love ourselves to the point that you won't go intentionally hurt yourself or you won't belittle yourself. That's how we should love our neighbor. And maybe the reason many of us, I hope you don't get mad at me, but maybe the reason many of us don't love our neighbor is because we don't love ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't love ourselves. These aren't my words. These are Jesus's words. He said, love your neighbor as thyself. I guarantee you, if you study anyone who does not love people, you will find out they don't love themselves. Before we ask God to help us to love our neighbor, we need to first ask him to help us learn how to love ourselves. Matthew chapter 22, verse 40 says that these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets from Moses all the way to Paul. Every ritual, every sermon, it hung on love. 
Romans chapter 13, verse 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Listen to Paul uh, speak here. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10, love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. You see, many times we get so caught up in trying to follow the Ten Commandments, trying to follow the lie. I can't lie. I uh, uh, I can't steal. I, I can't kill. I don't suppose to cheat on my spouse. We have a checklist of all of our do's and our don'ts when the crux of the whole matter is love. That's the crux of the whole matter. If I love God, if I love myself, if I love my neighbor, then I won't steal. I won't lie. I won't bear false witness. I won't covet another man's spouse. I won't commit adultery. It has always and will always be about love. This loving your neighbor business is so serious that Paul gets direct in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Listen to verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Paul said, I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care if you prophesy. You can have the greatest faith in the world to move mountains. But if you do not have love, you are nothing. Hear me, everybody that's watching this video. It does not matter if you can preach the house down, you can sing and make the angels jealous. It don't matter if you can play an instrument with your eyes closed in your sleep. If you do not love, you have nothing. You are nothing. It doesn't matter. You can have a big house, the nicest car, the fastest, the fastest car, the nicest clothes. You can have a lot of money in the bank. But if you do not have love, you have gained nothing. I want you to go with me. I want to show you something uh, in the Bible that God showed me recently. And I think this is going to help us, especially with the time, uh, the climate that we're living in in, in our world uh, people need Jesus more than ever. People need what we have more than ever. And people need love more than ever. For you to really be an effective witness and to reach your world beyond the four walls of the church, you better make sure you ask God to put his agape love inside of you. Because you can't do it in your flesh. You can't do it on your own. You need his love working and flowing through you. If you want to make an impact and reach your world, I want you to turn with me first to less first Thessalonians chapter two. We're going to begin at verse one. I want to show you this. Pay, pay close attention to this. First Thessalonians chapter two. The Bible says for yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you that it was not in vain. Verse two. But even after that, we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi. We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. Verse 4, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, 
Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Verse 6, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Verse 8, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have impart unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Verse 10, ye are witnesses and God also. How holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and his glory. I want to highlight, I want you to go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, listen to this closely, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because, because you were dear unto us. <clears throat> this was the first thing that struck me. Paul said, I sacrificed, I toiled, I bled, I cried, I sweated, not because it was my Christian duty, not because I was a minister, not because uh, the pastor told me to, but I did all that I did because I loved you. You were dear to me. Paul said, I gave my own soul. I gave my own life, not so I can brag, but because I loved you. You were dear to me. And hear me, people can tell when, you, when they're dear to you, are you just trying to get through it? Posture and nonverbal body language is vital when loving your neighbor. I remember when I was young and, and I would, uh, my daddy would ask me to go to the hospital with him and pray for people. And I used to fight. I used to hate it because the smell of hospitals made me sick. And I would go in there in the room and I would have my hand uh, over my nose. And I'm thinking physically I'm here. So that should suffice. Right. And so I'm there physically. But 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 my nonverbal um, uh, body language or my posture is saying, I wish I wasn't here. How many times do we try to witness and, and, and reach out to people and reach out to our neighbor and strangers and physically we're there, but our posture and our nonverbal body language is almost like I was with my hand over my nose. We really don't want to be there because without us even saying it, we're acting as if your belief stinks, your lifestyle stinks. Uh, I really don't care what you have to say. I'm just here because this is my Christian job or this is my Christian due diligence. People can tell when you're real and when you're faking it, that's not love. That's hypocrisy. Love is something that cannot be manufactured, but it has to be birthed from God. I've been in the ministry 16 years now, and I'm still asking God to birth that true agape love inside of me for my neighbor. Because hear me, I can't love my neighbor in my own strength. I mean, I grew up just like, you know, you probably did with, you know, cultural prejudices and 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 everything in my life or or my upbringing my context wasn't wasn't perfect sure i i have great parents and they raised me right in the church and stuff like that but i still grew up you know sometimes hearing different things or seeing different things and even if it wasn't from my parents but from my cousins or uncles and grandparents and stuff and so 
if I'm not careful, that stuff can carry over even as into my adulthood and I can start stereotyping and judging people before I get to know them. So that's why God is saying you can't do it in your own flesh. You need my love to come through you. Right? When you see somebody, you see a soul. I can't do this stuff in my flesh. I have to make sure I have the love of God birthed inside of me. Romans chapter five, verse five says, and hope maketh not ashamed because here it is. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This love only comes from God. It doesn't come from anybody else. It only comes from above. The second and final thing that warranted my attention was also in first Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight. I want you to pay close attention to this one. It says, Paul said, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only. This is so powerful. He said, but also our own souls. Did you hear that? Paul said to love and to reach my neighbor. I did not only give you the gospel. He said, but I gave you my life. This is almost blasphemous. This is almost heretical for somebody to say that I reached somebody, I reached my neighbor with more than just the gospel. I didn't say it. The apostle Paul said it here. He is the chiefest of the apostles. You see, sometimes I believe we miss our golden opportunity with our neighbor because we're in such a hurry to shove the gospel down their throat. We don't want a fellowship. We're not concerned with their livelihood. We just want to get straight to the point and say, hey, look at me. I want a soul. And that's why we miss so many moments, because many times people can tell that if you really care about them or if you're just waiting to push your beliefs on them. Second Timothy, chapter two, verse 24, the Bible says, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, patience. Everybody shout patience, patience. We're so quick to get the gospel to people sometimes that we don't take enough time to show them that we just love them. We really care about them. There's an old quote that says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. In first Thessalonians chapter two, verse seven, Paul says we were like gent we were gentle, like nurses who care for their children with you. Paul, this extraordinary man of God became as a nurse so that he may reach his neighbor. Did you hear that? A nurse. Not some warrior, not some, you know, militant uh, victor. No, he became a nurse, somebody who's tender, somebody who's soft, somebody who's patient, somebody who checks vital signs, someone who takes you to the doctor. Our, jo our job is to love people enough where we can get them to the doctor. We can get them to Jesus. But many times... People don't get to Jesus because we're not doing our job. We're so quick. We're so uh, aloof. We're so uh, abrupt, you know, and, and we're not letting them know how dear they are to us. But if we just slow down, take some time, get to know the individual, show them that you care about their family. You care about their life. You care about what's going on in their world and at home. I promise you. Once you have a relationship uh, with them, then you have their ear. You can tell them anything and they'll listen to you. But many times we just try to get straight to the gospel 
and we have no personal relationship with them. People want to know, am I dear to you? Do you really care about me as a person? Do you care about my family? Do you care about my soul? Or is it just you just trying to hurry up so you can say, hey, you know, I did my job. People want to know. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 says, To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. This is Paul talking. I am made <clears throat> all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Paul was saying sometimes to reach your neighbor, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to come off of our religious horses and become human that we might win somebody. Paul said, I don't do this to become carnal. Paul said, I don't, you know, cuss or, you know, twist scripture or go outside of the will of God. But Paul says, I become all things to all men that I might win some. And he said, I do this for the gospel's sake. I close with this. Paul said, not only do I give you the gospel, I'm going to give you the death. I'm going to give you the burial. I'm going to give you the resurrection of Jesus. Trust me, you're giving the gospel. But he said, but I'm also giving you my soul. I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you my life. He said, I'm giving you me. This, when I read this, it's, it's so simple, but it's profound. It's more than just teaching somebody a Bible study and checking them off the list and saying, next. Paul said, don't only give them the gospel. My, my, my. He said, but give them you. Call them. Check on them. Take them out for lunch. Go to their kids' games. Spend time with them. Invest in them. Disciple them outside of the four walls. Like Paul said, if you give them the gospel, then please give them your humanity. That's how we're going to win our world. That's how we're going to be effective in reaching the loss. By giving them the gospel and us. This is how we love our neighbor. Yes, preach to them the gospel. But make sure you give yourself and show them that you love them. I want everyone to bow your heads and pray. I, I, I hope in this simple devotion, I pray that God has not only convicted you, but challenged you to help you understand that everybody you meet is your neighbor. Everybody you come in contact with is your neighbor. Help me, God, to be able to reach and to be able to love my neighbor. First John 4 and 20 says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, there's so much chaos. There's so much turmoil going on in our world right now. Father, people are hungry. People are desperate. People are lost. People are in despair, God. They're discontented, God, and they're, they're looking for hope. They're looking for somebody to reach them. Help us, God. We can't even come inside the four walls of the church right now, God. Help us to be your hands and your feet outside, God, on the front lines, God. Help us to reach our neighbor and realize that everybody we meet is our neighbor, whether if it's at a grocery store, whether if it's on social media, when we go back to school and go back to work or wherever we go, the McDonald's. Uh, uh, drive through worker in Starbucks, the work everywhere we go, these are our neighbors and they need the gospel. But help us, Lord, not to just give them the gospel, but help us to give them love. 
Help us to give them us, God. And I believe that if we couple the gospel with love, I believe, God, that we'll see the difference and we'll turn this world upside down. I thank you and I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And that is Brother Myron Weidman Jr. again on the topic of how to love your neighbor. If you have enjoyed this episode today, I would like to make a simple request to you. If you don't mind on your favorite podcasting channel or app, you can write us a review or give us a rating, or you can actually share this episode with your friends on social media. We would like to reach out to more subscribers and listeners and be a blessing to them. Thank you for tuning in and God bless and we will see you on our next episode.